0: Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. It's amazing how many of our illustrations come from the field of sports, and in in just a little while, in a few short weeks. March Madness is going to be on us. Does anybody know what Mas- March Madness is? Yeah, a few of you do, yeah. Uh, anybody going to be paying attention to that? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I've, I don't usually pay attention to basketball either. I, I, uh, I watch, you know, parts of games when Jason's home. Uh, he'll have it on, but uh, but we did get, Bonnie and I got the opportunity to go to a basketball game a few weeks ago. Uh, her cousin was in town with her daughter, Taylor, and Taylor was playing in a, in a tournament in town. And we were there, we got there uh, early, <laughs> which is really an accident, because, <laughs> because we thought we were supposed to be there for the game at a certain time, but it didn't start till later. Anyways, we were there early enough to see... The warm-up, the girls came in, and they were out there warming up, and they were passing the ball. It's really quite amazing. It, the, it was under 16, wasn't it, Bond? Under, under 16 girls' basketball. And even at that uh, age, the drills are quite um, quite amazing to watch. You know, they're passing the ball around. They're running through the the circle, the, the key, right? Uh, they're running through there, they're they're running everywhere, you know, and they're passing the ball around and they know where they all are and and the the balls are being thrown, they're being caught, and uh, eventually someone will shoot the ball at the basket and And it was good basketball. like these girls were amazing uh, to watch uh, and twice during the game. They were down by 8 or 10 points, and they didn't show any sign of panic or anything. They came right back, and they made it a game. They eventually lost, but it was quite quite a game. But during the warm-up, you know, they're doing all this stuff. And the question that I have to ask is, what, what benefit is all that activity? What benefit is all that activity if the, if the object of the game is, you know, to put the ball in the hoop, score points, and accumulate more points than the other team. What is the object of all of that activity during the warm-up? Warm-up. Uh, does it add anything to the game? Uh, and, of, of course, you'll probably s- say, yeah, sure, it, uh, uh, you know, gets some of the... Butterflies out, you know, helps them, to remember, helps them to remember what it is they're supposed to be doing and, and all of that stuff. But as we look at the, uh, we are here to talk about the tabernacle, by the way, and we, we are going to get to that. Uh, as, it comes to, as it comes to all of the service and the activity uh, as it relates to worship and service at the tabernacle uh, in the Old Testament, we might be tempted to ask, and we, I, I am going to ask, what benefit was all of that activity? And we're gonna, you know, I'm I'm quite, uh, I'm a little, um, um, not nervous. I'm not nervous, uh, but I'm a little. Uh, I'll be a little surprised at how everything comes together this morning. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really, because I do <laughs> I do have a plan. Um, I do have notes, which you'll be happy to know, and I'm going to stick to them. and, and we're going to we're going to see, see we're gonna, we're going to take a look at the tabernacle, and uh, the setup and everything, and and a little bit about the worship. and I'm very aware this morning that I'm probably the wrong guy to be up here to talk about the tabernacle because there's so much stuff, there's so much uh, typology. And so much activity associated with the tabernacle and the worship there that to cover it all and to do it justice is just not, uh, I am not able to do that this morning. So what I'm going to do is we're going to look at some scriptures. We're going to look at the furniture and the layout of the tabernacle and stuff. And then see if we can bring it all together. Okay, is that okay? How much time do I have? Okay, that's good. Five minutes, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Let somebody, somebody let me know when that five minutes starts, okay? Okay, so let's, uh, you may have noticed as you, because you have been reading the scriptures, right? You have been reading through the material, like it's no surprise this morning that we're going to be having a look at the tabernacle. So you've been reading write your your Bibles, and you know already, uh, you know what it says about the tabernacle, right? Yeah. Okay. So, but you may have noticed that uh, in in Exodus chapter twenty-five, we have a beginning of the description of the plans for the tabernacle that the Lord gives to Moses and how he how he tells him to make the tabernacle and all its furniture and 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 everything. You may have noticed this that. When God starts, or, or as, he, as he's giving these instructions to Moses about the tabernacle, he starts with what piece of furniture? The ark. Okay, the ark is the very uh, picture of the presence of God. And, and he, the Lord begins at the ark, and he kind of moves out from there. And describes the furniture and the and the uh, uh, the courtyard and and everything that's involved with the tabernacle. We're go- we're going to do something a little bit different, because because I thought this it'd be nice if we if we kind of approached the tabernacle the way that the Israelites did. Wouldn't wouldn't that be a good idea? So is it all right if I do that? Okay, okay. So let's let's read some scriptures then. Uh, let's read um, Exodus twenty-seven, uh, starting at verse nine. Make a courtyard for the tabernacle. The south side shall be a hundred cubits long and it is to have curtain a curtain. Sorry, okay. It is to have a curtain of finely twisted linen with twenty posts, twenty bronze bases with silver hooks and bands on the posts. The north side shall also be a hundred cubits long and have a curtains with twenty posts and twenty bronze bases with silver hooks and bands on the posts. Okay? So the the size of the tabernacle courtyard itself is about 150 feet by 75 feet long, and uh, there's a tr- there's a tradition uh, among the uh, the Jewish scholars that when Adam was created, when he first uh, was became conscious, he was facing the east, and that's the way that the, that's the way the tabernacle uh, faces. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure that's not why. God chose the tabernacle to face east, but but uh, just this is on direction, okay. So Adam was facing east, and so east is front, west is back, north is left, and south is right. Okay, so th- those are kind of uh, kind of how the uh, the Jewish mind processes direction. Okay, so the the courtyard faces east. Uh, it it was uh, it was made of uh, or surrounded by um, pillars w- with curtains hanging around on the pillars to to mark out the boundaries of the of the courtyard, and it extended all the way around the back of the tabernacle itself, and and enclosed a courtyard 150 f- feet by 75 feet. Uh, the Material that it, the the curtains were made of were different from the other coverings. They were white and they were sail cloth. Uh, and that would have uh, it would have been a different color than the very gate on the east end, which was made of uh, fine twined linen uh, blue. Uh, blue blue and I can't find that. Where is that? 16? Yeah, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn finely twisted together and embroidered. Uh, the fine work of an embroiderer. Uh, you come in to the to the courtyard from the east and the first uh, first, Article of furniture you come to is the brazen altar, and the the altar is outlined in chapter twenty-seven, verses one to eight. It says, "Build an altar of acacia wood, uh, three cubits high, and five cubits long and five cubits wide." Okay, so the the altar, the brazen altar, is the first the first uh, piece of furniture you come to. It was out in the courtyard, and it was. Made of wood, overlaid with uh, bronze or bronze, right? Okay, so wood overlaid with bronze, and there was a grate down in the middle of it, and it was uh, typically would have been filled with earth at least up until up to the grate, uh, and that is where all of the sacrifices were made. The, the animal sacrifices uh, used uh, for uh, sin offering, for consecration. Uh, it, and it was the, f- the most of the activity took place at the altar, the brazen altar. Okay, let's move, let's move on. Uh, next, the next piece of furniture you come to is the, the laver. Or the, uh, the basin. And uh, if you turn to chapter 30. Verse 30, verse 17. The Lord said to Moses, make a bronze basin with its bronze stand for washing. Place it between the tent of meeting and the altar. And put water in it. And Aaron and his sons are to wash their hands and feet. With water from it, whenever they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water, so they will not die. Okay, uh, and uh, so there was this between the altar and the tabernacle. There was a basin with water, and uh, I think a little later on, in verse, in uh, uh, when they built the altar. They made it, they incorporated in it the the looking glasses that the women, the, the women's looking glasses, so that so that when Aaron and his sons washed at the basin, actually it was like a, a mirror. And it uh, typically pictured the Word of God. You know uh, Jesus said, uh, remember Peter in the upper room uh, when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. Uh, Jesus Peter said, not my hands and, or not my feet all, only, but wash all of me. And, and Jesus said, uh, those who are washed need not only to, but to wash their feet. And so when after the sacrifice was made, before Aaron entered the, the tabernacle, he stopped to wash his hands and his feet at the labor. And uh, it, uh, the laver is a picture of the Word of God. How it um, reflects, shows us who we are. And uh, as they washed, they would see themselves in the laver, and it would remind them, uh, remind them of how uh, how pure the Lord was, and how. Uh, what place they had before the Lord, uh, and I want to s- stop because um, right here we should we should mention I forgot to mention that the tabernacle was was a picture of the lord 's presence with them. The tabernacle was was a uh, uh, a promise of god 's presence. Uh, the tabernacle and the courtyard stood at the very center. Of the camp of Israel. When they when they stopped, they set up camp. They would camp all around. They would put the tabernacle in his courtyard in the very center. And as we're going to see see in a little bit, uh, there was a continual offering offered. There was a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. And as the smoke from the sacrifice rose, it was a continual reminder to Israel that God was present with them. So, moving from the the uh the altar past the labor, now we enter into the holy place the tabernacle itself and uh I think we have a a slide of the uh the the tabernacle there is the tabernacle was uh if you turn to Chapter 26. Chapter 26. Make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen of blue and purple and scarlet yarn with cherubim worked into them by a skilled craftsman. the word for tabernacle is actually the word mishkan, which means a dwelling place, and it was uh, it was uh, to be a dwelling place for the for the Lord among the children of Israel. Um, all the curtains are to be the same size, twenty eight cubits long, four cubits wide. Join five of the cubit or the curtains together, and do the same with the other five. Make loops of blue material along the edge. Uh, of the end uh, of the end curtain in one set, and do the same uh, with the end of the curtain in the the end curtain in the other set. So these the tabernacle was to be made uh, from curtains. And is do we have another slide, Mitchell? The uh, the layout slide. Um, yeah. As you. You can see the the tabernacle was made uh, of uh, boards of acacia wood. they were mounted in um, sockets made of of uh, uh, silver silver uh, the go- the boards were overlaid with gold inside and out and they were held together uh, by poles, five poles on each side that ran through and held the boards uh, together. And then over that was were four uh, coverings. Uh, four coverings. Um, the first... The inside covering was uh, white linen, uh, after that was gold. Was it gold? Does anybody know? Because you all did your reading, right? Okay, so there, was, there were four, four coverings. Linen, uh, there was goat's hair. There was uh, ram skin dyed red, and there was one other covering. Uh, some translations have badger skin. Uh, one of the one of the um, uh, commentaries that I read said that's a poor translation. It should uh, be uh, some kind of sea animal, probably uh, seals. Uh, so these. These four coverings were stretched over over the top and uh, pinned down at the sides uh, like a tent with tent pegs. Um, inside the, the holy place was the table of showbread, uh, chapter 25 verse 23. Make a table of acacia wood two cubits long and a cubit wide and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold. Make gold molding around it. Also make around it a rim of handbreadth wide and put a gold molding on the rim. Make four gold rings for the table and fasten them to the four corners where the four legs are. The rings are to be close to the rim to hold the poles in carrying the table. So the table of showbread... Was a, was a table. It was uh, it was placed on the north side of the tabernacle, and it was the table had always had twelve loaves on the table. Uh, the twelve loaves reminded the the priest when he went in of the twelve tribes of Israel, and the the bread was replaced. Uh, every Sabbath, and the the bread, the old bread was uh, was eaten by the priests. Uh, there was so there were twelve new loaves placed on the table every Sabbath. Uh, across from the table of showbread was the candlestick. The candlestick was placed on the south side, and uh, in verse 31. Make a lampstand of pure gold and hammer it out, base and shafts as flowers. Uh, Flower-like cups, buds and blossoms shall be of one piece with it. Six branches are to extend from the sides of the lampstand, seven seven in all, Uh, three on one side, three on the other. Um, The the candlestick was to be lit at evening by the priests who would go in, he'd light the candlestick, in the evening, it would burn uh, till the morning, at which time the priest would go in and, and trim the wicks, and, uh, and, uh, and it would give light to the, the holy place all through the night. Uh, on the west side of the holy place, stood the altar of incense. Uh, Chapter 30. Make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense. It is to be a square, a cubit long and a cubit wide, two cubits high, and its horns of one piece with it. Overlay the top and all the sides of the horns and the horns with pure gold and make a gold molding around it. And two rings for the altar below the molding. Two on opposite sides hold the poles used to carry it. Uh, uh, Verse 6, put the altar in front of the curtain that is before the ark of the testimony, before the atonement cover that is over the testimony where I will meet with you. And Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or burn offering or grain offering and do not pour a drink offering on it. Once a year Aaron shall make atonement on its horns. This annual atonement must be made with the blood of the atoning sin offering for the generations to come. It is most holy to the Lord. And uh, this was done once a year on the 10th month, or 10th day of the 7th month, and uh, that's all outlined, that's the Day of Atonement outlined in Leviticus Leviticus chapter 16. Uh, Behind the altar of incense was the veil, and the veil was an important part of the of the tabernacle in that it separated the holy place from the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. The verse, or chapter 26... Chapter 26, verse 31. Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen with cherubims worked into it by a skilled craftsman. Uh, Hang it with gold hooks and four posts of acacia wood and overlay it with gold standing on four silver bases. Uh, This veil was... uh, It separated the holy place from the most holy place. uh, And only once a year, uh, the high priest was to enter the most holy place through the veil to make atonement. Then we come on the other side of the veil was the Holy of Holies and the, there was only one piece of furniture in the Holy of Holies, and it was the Ark of the Covenant, uh, chapter 25, verse 10. Have them make a chest of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it, and fasten them to its four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. And then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the side of the chest to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of the ark; they are not to be removed. Then put the ark of the te- put in the ark the testimony which I will, which I will give you. Uh, so the ark carried the. Three, three items, the, ta- the tablets that Moses brought down from the mountain, uh, the, uh, uh, a bowl of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, which uh, we probably won't learn much about. Uh, but those three things uh, were put inside the Ark of the Covenant. And then it was covered with, uh, with uh, a covering, uh, verse 17 it says, make, a, make an atonement cover of pure gold. And that word for atonement cover, uh, sometimes translated mercy seat, uh, comes from the Hebrew word kaporeth. Uh, and it is from, from the word kapur, which means covering or forgiving sins. And it's always used. In that way, uh, uh, different from the word used in Genesis chapter five when uh, Noah overlaid the ark with pitch, uh, it was also it was also uh, the word Kafir, which meant covering, but it was a different. Form of the word different verb form and it's always used to mean a covering or forgiveness for sins Uh, and this uh, mercy seat this atonement cover was to be two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide Uh, two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. And the, and the, the cherubim uh, were, were made in a way that their wings were stretched out above them. Their faces were looking uh, down at, at the cover uh, to where the presence of the Lord would be. Uh, verse 22 says, There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony, I will meet with you and give you all my commandments for the Israelites. So I realize that took a long time to, to cover the, the pieces of the furniture. Um, so we enter through the gates of the courtyard. We come to the altar, of the altar where the sacrifice is made. We move to the to the laver where Aaron washed every time he entered the tabernacle he washed at the laver inside on the north side on the north side we have the table of showbread on the south side we have the candlestick and then we come into the the altar of incense where once a year Aaron made atonement on its horns past the veil we come to the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat where the presence of God was. Okay, so you may be wondering what happens then? Uh, well, there's the whole book of Leviticus to tell us what happens in the, uh, in the worship services uh, at the tabernacle, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, we, we will talk about one of the one of the Observances that they did at at the tabernacle, and that was on the Day of Atonement. Let me just let me read to you uh, what happened on that day. The priest, the high priest, uh, bathed. He dressed himself in his white linen holy garments. This was not. This was different than his high priestly everyday garments. These were white. Linen garments. He presented at the door of the tabernacle a bull for a sin offering for himself and his household. And also at the same time he presented there two goats for a sin offering for the congregation. He cast lots to choose between the two goats. One which would be sacrificed. One which would be set free. He sacrificed the bull on the brazen altar. And he filled the fire pan, or the censer, with embers from the brazen altar, and he put in there two handfuls of the incense which the Lord instructed him to make, or instructed Moses to make. He passed through the courtyard with the censer, or the fire pan, into the holy place, not without stopping to wash at the laver first, and he went took the censer into the Holy of Holies and with the censer uh, and the incense filled the Holy of Holies with the smoke of the incense. And this was to conceal the presence of the Lord which was on the mercy seat so that the, the priest would not die. He then returned to the courtyard, took some of the blood of the bull and went back into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled the blood once on the front of the mercy seat and seven times in front of the mercy seat. He returned to the courtyard again and sacrificed the the goat on the brazen altar. He entered the Holy of Holies, keep in mind that all Every time he went into the tabernacle, he stopped at the laver to wash. Uh, He entered the Holy of Holies for a third time and repeated the sprinkling procedure uh, with the blood of the goat as he did with the blood of the bull, purifying. This was to purify the Holy of Holies. He purified the rest of the tabernacle at that time, sprinkling the more blood of the goat, and he purified the altar of incense by placing blood on its horns. And this is, the, this is the one time during the year that he made atonement there at the altar of incense. He returned to the courtyard again, put some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood on all of the horns of the brazen altar to make an atonement for the altar itself. He then sprinkled the blood on it to consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites and to cleanse it. He laid both hands on the head of the scapegoat, the second goat, confessing over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, placing all their sins on the goat's head. He handed this goat over to another man who conducted it to the border of the wilderness, and there he released it. The high priest then bathed again, changed out of the white linen garments into his uh, daily high priest's clothes, and he sacrificed one after the other the two rams on the burnt as burnt offerings, making atonement for himself and for the people. He then burnt the fat of the sin offering upon the brazen altar. And then he arranged for someone to take the remains of the bulls and the goats and burn them outside the camp. That's just one of the uh, one of the services which the high priest did, and that was once a year, on the Day of Atonement. So, what do you what do you think? What? Uh, Oh, we forgot. We forgot Aaron. Sorry, uh, the high priest. Um, the high priest. Uh, Moses was also given instructions on how, uh, or what type of garments the high priest should wear, and they are very important. Uh, in chapter 28, uh, there were, there was the. The ephod, or the ephod, uh, verse 6, make the ephod of gold and of blue and purple and scarlet yarn and of finely twisted linen. Uh, this uh, was to be the work of a skilled craftsman. It is to have two shoulder pieces attached uh, to two of its corners uh, so it can be, can be fastened. And instead of reading there... Uh, well, why don't the the ephod or the the garment uh, had on its shoulders two stones uh, with the names of the children of Israel engraved in the stones. Uh, the, on the front was a breastplate with twelve stones, each engraved with the name of uh, one of the tribes of Israel. It had a sash uh, in it. Uh, that tied in the front. Um, uh, the, the breastplate was fastened to the ephod with, uh, with uh, gold chains um, and also uh, contained a pouch for the urum and the thummum. Which was used to make decisions. Uh, uh, verse thirty also put the urim and the thummim in the breastplate, so that they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus, Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart. Um, on his head was um, was a gold. Seal or plate uh, with the words engraved, holy to the Lord, and also uh, uh, a mitre or a, um, uh, a hat or a turban, whatever whatever you'd like to call it. Um, so, okay, that's that's Aaron, the high priest, and those are the clothes his everyday. High priestly clothes, not the clothes that he wore when he was uh, making atonement on the Day of Atonement. Um, so, what what do you think about all of the worship services? Uh, what do you what do you think? What did they accomplish? What did all of that activity accomplish? What use was all of the activity at the tabernacle, if if the tabernacle was um, the promise of the presence of the Lord, uh, what what use did all of the activity serve? Are you asleep yet? To teach, yes. Galatians three. Sorry, Mitchell, I don't have this uh, this in your uh, in your notes. But let's just go to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter 3 verse 21 says, Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But the scriptures declare that the whole world is a prisoner of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Um, we Steve mentioned uh, while while the. Um, uh, while Glenn and Nicole and their family and Mitchell were up here he mentioned uh, a formality uh, the the welcoming the welcoming of new members in on Sunday morning was a formality uh, the and I would suggest that all of the all of the practice that the basketball players do before the game is a formality the the uh, there's so many things in the Old Testament that th- they were instructed to do as a formality, uh, because it was teaching. It taught them. The most important thing when they came to to the tabernacle to offer their sacrifices was not the was not the the uh, uh, the items of sacrifice. It wasn't even the sacrifice itself. The most important thing was the hearts of the offerers. And uh, Paul says in Galatians that all those things, the whole, the law, with all of its activity and all of its um, uh, requirements, were there to, as a, as, a schoolmaster, the King James says, uh, which brought them to Christ through faith. And it was their faith, actually, that made them clean. In Leviticus, if you read the, the instructions for the Day of Atonement, it, at the end of all of that activity, uh, it says that they were clean. But it was not the sacrifice itself. It was their heart and their faith that made them clean. Uh, And I I just want to take you to um, John chapter 1. That tabernacle in the Old Testament, uh, at least four times, Moses is instructed to make the tabernacle and its furniture according to the pattern that was shown him. And that was important because because the tabernacle itself was a type or a picture of of another item. The tabernacle itself being the promise of the presence of God was a picture of Christ. In John chapter 1, Verse one it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was God, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life, the light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And down in Verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Where it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, that word actually literally means he tabernacled among us. Jesus was made flesh. God was made flesh and tabernacled among us. The Old Testament tabernacle was a picture of Christ, the tabernacle, the place of God's presence, God with us. And as, I said, as uh, Matthew 1, 22 and 23 says that uh, Jesus, talking about the birth of Jesus, Jesus, uh, All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall be with child and will bear, uh, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus tabernacled among us. That tabernacle in the Old Testament was a picture of Christ, the presence of God with us. I have one more scripture that I want to, uh, to show you, and then we'll be done. Sorry, there are two more more scripture passages, sorry. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it could never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That's important. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here am I. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. First he said, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire. Nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, Here am I. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. (coughs) And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, the priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, as Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits until his enemies uh, to be made his footstool. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, first he says, this is the, commandment, or the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them in their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sins. Therefore, brothers, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, what, where was that? It was the Holy of Holies. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on, toward love and good deeds let us not give up meeting together as some are in habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching since we have confidence to enter the holy of holies with the blood of Christ through the blood of Christ opened up for us by a new and living way that is to say his body pardon me one more scripture Matthew chapter 27 <clears throat> Matthew chapter 27 verse 45 <clears throat> Sorry my my voice is going I'm almost done and uh and uh but we'll try to get it to hold out till then from the sixth hour until the ninth hour darkness came over all the land about the ninth hour jesus cried out in a loud voice eloi eloi lama sabachthani which means my god my god why have you forsaken me when some of those standing there heard this voice they said he's calling elijah Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine, vinegar, and put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. When Jesus died keeping in mind the, ver- the passage in Hebrews where it says that uh, we have been given opportunity to enter the, the most holy place through the curtain, that is to say, the body of Jesus. When Jesus died in the temple, a momentous event occurred. The, the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place was torn in two from the top to the bottom. By this signifying, God signifying that we are invited into his very presence. In the Old Testament, the the tabernacle was a continual reminder, the smoke always rising from the sacrifices. Reminder of the presence of God in the middle of Israel, a reminder of, of that the need for an offering, the need for redemption and an atonement to be made. And Jesus comes who is the fulfillment, the very the very one whom the tabernacle pictured in the Old Testament. Jesus came and as he died on the cross, suffering for you and me. He actually opened the way into the presence of God for us because God wants to be present with us. All of the all of his um, all of the Old Testament is a testimony to the fact that God desires a relationship with you and me and we can, enter into that relationship, but it's only through Christ. It's only through the offering and sacrifice that Jesus made at the cross. We are invited into the presence of God, and he does desire to relate to us. He does desire to be with us, but it can only be one way, and that is through Christ and his offering on the cross. Have you placed your faith in Christ? Have you entered into that relationship which God desires to have with you? Have you uh, looked to him who was pierced? We have an opportunity to have a relationship with God through Christ. He made the way. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to Place your faith in Christ. Enter into that relationship. It's only through Christ that it's possible. Will you, will you stand? We'll pray together. My voice has finally had enough. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your desire uh, to be with us, to be present in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for making a way for that to happen. And Lord, as we, um, <clears throat> as we seek that relationship, as we seek to have you be part of our lives, Lord, we pray that you'd reveal to us uh, your plan, your presence, uh, speak to our hearts, and Lord, uh, draw us to your heart that heart of relationship, that heart of community, that heart uh, uh, of love. And thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ to die for us, to suffer for us, to make that atonement, that forgiveness, that propitiation, that satisfying offering of his body and his blood for us that makes a way for us to enter into your presence. Thank you for, for doing it, Lord. Thank you that uh, we don't have to depend on any of our own strength, any of our own work, any of our own doing, but that you did it, and you provided the way. Uh, Lord, continue to show us how we may serve you and honor you. Uh, continue to show us how we may relate to you and lead us through your spirit. Uh, And we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.